Sunday evening. Hope you're sweating. I'm sure you are. Uh, we are a week into Pan Am, racking up the medals like nobody's business, and attracting stars like Kanye West. So, are you more interested in the games now because we're doing well and people are excited about it? Apparently, we've just like uh, crossed the one million mark in terms of ticket sales. So. Does this make you pay attention a little bit more to the games happening in our city than, let's say, even a week ago? Text in 71010. I'd like to know your thoughts. I will admit that, you know what, the buzz and how well we're doing has definitely made me a little more interested. Um, This past week, I actually was filling in on uh, breakfast television. I was hosting uh, Live Eye for the week. And on one of the days, I spent uh, an early morning down at Nathan Phillips Square And I'll admit that I was not paying a lot of attention to what was going on in the city during Pan Am. And I should have been because there's so many cool things going on that are free. Elliot's nodding his head. Did you end up going to see something, Elliot? Am I mistaken? Yeah, I went and checked out the grounds in your exhibition stadium. But I did not actually see anything yet. I am going to see something Wednesday. What are you going to see? I'm going to see the band Anti-Ballast from Brooklyn. I recommend them highly to everybody. Where are you going to see that? That is at the grounds. Like, What are they calling it? The Pan Am Center grounds? Is it Pan Am Park? Is that yeah. what they're calling it? Yeah, yeah, near the exhibition? I'm going there. Is it? A, it's a free concert, It's a right? free concert that's happening Wednesday. Charles Bradley, the singer, is performing before them. See, this is what I didn't really realize until I was interviewing some people um, that were involved with Pan Am, is that there are... Free concerts mm-hmm. pretty much every night. Yep. There's free activities during the day. Mm-hmm. So I happen to be at Nathan Phillips Square where they've got like two stages set up. They have this whole um, arts and culture program called Panamania. It's like 35 days long. So they've got they've commissioned these really cool uh, performances. So, you know, dancing and music and other um, artistic performances. And they're free, which I think is really quite amazing because as much as people like to complain and grumble mm-hmm. about things that go on in the city... Um, it's really nice to have options for individuals, but also for families where you're like, okay, we can experience some really cool cultural things that represent our country. And also with Panamania, there's a lot of um, artistic acts from the other Pan-American yep. countries, obviously. So, you know, we can, I think we need to stop complaining a little bit that there's nothing, there's nothing to do in the city or that things are too expensive. Because, yes, it is very expensive in the city when you're parking and you're going to a game of some sort. But uh, there's a lot of free things to be had and to be seen. And also Nathan Phillips Square, what I realized, what I learned is that they do fireworks every night. Ooh. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, right? It's summertime. Yeah. The kids want something to entertain, to be entertained yes. with. Um, and they also have, uh, like, the winning athletes there every night. So, um You know, you can do it for very little, maybe the cost of a TTC token, right? Yes, and you can actually get a picture with the torch. Are you familiar with this? I got my picture with a torch and Simon Whitfield on Monday, but it wasn't lit. But yes, you can can get your picture with a torch. Absolutely. (laughs) Near the CIBC Kids Play Area. That's what I was told. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool things going on in the city, and we've got another week left to enjoy it. So I do encourage people to go out. One thing, though, is uh, because I was doing very early mornings this past week, I was taking a lot of cabs. And the cab drivers were telling me, though, that they are really losing business during Pan Am. So I guess probably what's happened was a lot of locals like us may have got 
you know, been a little bit spooked before the games, left the city or made some sort of arrangements to not be around. And every single cab driver I had, and I typically use Uber, told me that their business had really dropped dramatically. Um, but meanwhile, while I was at Nathan Phillips Square, I was in the, they have this giant superstore that has all of the um, Pan Am merchandise there. So you can get like patchy backpacks for your kids. And they have t-shirts made for every single sport. So if judo is your thing, if um, baseball, whatever it is, they have sport specific shirts, which I think is the first year that they've done this for the Pan Am games. But they've had huge numbers. So um, there are definitely tourists here. There are people in town. Some businesses, I guess, are suffering a little bit, but, you know, hotels and such are doing well. So I'm curious to know, 71010, let me know if you are maybe a little bit more interested in the Pan Am Games now than you were a week ago or a few weeks ago when everyone was just talking about it. Um, I'm headed to Montreal later this week, and uh, I haven't been there in about a year. My best friend lives there. And she used to work in radio in Toronto. Her name is Nat Lozon, and she used to work at um, Mix 99.9. That was before it was Virgin Radio. So she might be a familiar voice to some people in the city. But the reason I mention this is because next weekend I will be in Montreal Sunday night, but I will be doing my show live from Montreal, and Nat is going to be my guest. So we met at Ryerson in our radio and television program, and she's been working in radio well, actually, since before we graduated, she's been a radio disc jockey since she was 13 years old. And I'll let her tell that story, but I'm looking forward to having her on the show next week. And if there's anyone who knows all of my deepest, darkest, and most embarrassing secrets, it is definitely her. So I hope you'll tune in for that. It'll be sort of the BFF show um, <laughs> next week from Montreal. Uh, I also have mentioned, too, that another thing that's going on in the city for an extended week is Summerlicious. And a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the one place I always go for Summerlicious, which is Canoe. And I went for lunch this week. And um, it was great. I loved it. I think it's it's fantastic. And they have been doing really well during the Summerlicious program. Um, so if you have a chance, you've got another week to take uh, advantage of this. There's a lot of great things going on for the rest of the month. So... You know, maybe we should just stop whining a little bit. Although whining is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I also have a question for people out there. I just put this up on Facebook as well. If you had a meal at a restaurant where you enjoy the atmosphere, you know, I, I like the patio, I like the food, I had a rather rude encounter with a staff member. Would you go back? Send me a text, 71010. It's in my neighborhood, so I was, I'm slightly inclined to go back because it's easy for me to go to. Uh, I like the patio. I like going there just for a coffee and a pastry. And I like the brunch. It was the first time I had brunch there yesterday uh, with a girlfriend of mine and her husband. We did not enjoy the hostess. Our server was, he was a little abrupt, but I get it. It was hot. It was busy. I'll let that pass. She was not friendly. She was not nice, and she had a little bit of attitude. And I looked at my friend, and she looked at me. She goes, will you ever come back? <laughs> I was like, I want to say no, but part of me thinks I might, and I just don't ever want to see her again. Send me a text, 71010. I put it up on Facebook, and I was surprised. I would say about 95% of the people who responded said no. Never. There are plenty of other restaurants in the city to visit. There's no need to go back to a place where you had bad service. My thing is, 
it's in my neighborhood. And I kind of like it otherwise. Although some people did make the comment that uh, maybe give it a month and go back. She, like, she could get fired. I don't think she get. you know what? She didn't do anything terrible. It was just that we sat down at a table for two. Right. And then we, uh, my friend got a message from her husband who said like he was going to come join us. So we said to our server, there's going to be three of us. Can we pull up a chair or would you like us to move to a larger table? There are two empty tables behind us. So he moved us to a table of four. No problem. So we're sitting there and then the hostess comes out. But instead of her reaction being, oh, I'm sorry, but this table's for someone else. She looked at us and she just went, uh, what's going on? Oh no! I know, and I and we're like, oh, we said, oh, um, we have another person joining us. She goes, you can't sit here. Oh no! And we said, oh no, no, no! Like we, our server moved us here. Yeah. You know, we don't want her to think like yeah. we're just table hopping, at, yeah. you know, on a whim. Like we're choosing the best table on the patio. And she goes, no, uh, there, no, you can't because there's people inside been waiting for this table. So, like, you can't sit here. And it was just, it was so off. Pudding. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we didn't have a long encounter with her. It wasn't like she was our server throughout the entire meal and made the whole thing terrible. I'm, I I haven't written anything. What's, and I should, right? I'm not going to name the place because yeah. I do generally quite like it. But What's strange is that I, I've noticed this phenomenon where they sometimes put the least friendly person in the <laughs> position where you have to be friendliest. Where they have to greet everyone that yeah. comes in. It's a weird oversight on the behalf of some restaurants. It is. A, well, it is not a good... Um, it is not a good decision. So, uh, yeah, someone just texted and said, talk to the manager. You know, I might send a little note. Um, I'm not going to, you know, make it a big public issue. But uh, you can text in 71010. Would you give them another shot? Especially when there are so many restaurants and cafes in the city. I do understand. It is, however, a nice little neighborhood spot. I guess if I'm going to defend it in some way. Um, you may have seen this explosive news online this week. I can't stop seeing it all over Twitter, it's going to change people's lives, apparently. Uh, but for all of you bacon lovers or vegetarians and vegans who wish it, wish bacon was vegetarian, it turns out it can be. I don't know if you saw this, but scientists have created a strain of seaweed that tastes like bacon. I cannot tell you how many people I know who have been like tweeting and putting it up on Facebook. But it's basically it's bacon of the sea. It's packed with antioxidants and obviously not cooked in its own fat. So it's a strain of seaweed that is typically sold in dried form as a nutritional supplement. What I love is this part. Researchers in the U.S. have spent 15 years working on this seaweed. And um, if you fry it, they say it tastes just like bacon. Imagine that you are a scientist and people for the past 15 years have been saying to you, what are you working on? And you're like, I'm working on the seaweed. It's going to be revolutionary because it tastes like bacon. I'd eat it. I absolutely would. I'd try it. I for sure I would. It's it's it says it's got lots of antioxidants. Great. Those are great for you. <laughs> Those are fantastic for us. Um, I know a lot of you spend the weekends up at the cottage. You're probably driving back right now if you've got to um, get to the office tomorrow. And um, although all of the people going to the cottage have never invited me. But uh, coming up after the break, I'll talk to Chef Jason Rosso about making your meals easier when you're not at home. Some summer entertaining tips and ways to make meal planning at the cottage just a little bit simpler. And later on the show, I'll tell you about uh, some of the brightest and best students from around the world who are in Ontario working on some research projects that will totally revolutionize the way you live. And don't forget, paychen.com is the website where you can find the podcast as well. So coming up after the break, taking the stress out of summertime meals. <laughs>
1010. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday evening and this heat wave. Someone says it's, they keep saying it's going to break at some point. I hope it does. Uh, if you escaped the cottage during the summer, maybe you're driving back right now. Uh, it could be whether it's your cottage or it's someone else's or one that you're renting for a while, you're a guest. Doesn't matter, you get to escape to a cottage. I've got Chef Jason Rosso here with some ideas on making summer meals easy, especially if you need to pe- uh, feed people like outside of your house. Because when you're home, everything's kind of there. And then stuff that you buy, if you don't use it right away, it can sit there for a while. But when I think of going to the cottage or going away, you suddenly have to pack so many things, If whether it's cottage or camping or whatever it is. Um, so it's like planning for the other home, but one that you don't spend as much time in. So what should we keep in mind when we're, you know, shopping for the cottage, or, you know, jetting up there for the weekend or only a couple times during the summer? Well, I think, you know, when, when you're going up uh, to your cottage, it's a weekend thing, really. So you don't want to have things that are going to be really perishable. Uh, so you want to stock your cottage with things that you can carry for a longer period of time. So always a good oil, uh, definitely a bunch of spices, your salts, peppers, all those kind of things that have really long shelf lives on them. And uh, for me, I mean, having something like a good spice selection, it would be great, especially yeah. if you want to be unique with your cooking at the cottage. So you're not just doing burgers and, and dogs. If you want to stretch out, it's always great to buy a big load of these things and sort of keep them uh, sort of in your cupboards, you know, uh, at home and, or at the cottage. And, and you can use them to create different and new fun food as opposed to doing the usual standbys. And chef, I should mention too that uh, you know what you're talking about because you have run some of the top restaurants in Canada. So including like Sassafras in Yorkville. Uh, also, you were the chef and cul- culinary director of operations for the distillery historic district. So th- that encompasses the various restaurants in the distillery area, right? That's correct. And now you are the national executive chef at Milestones Canada, Correct. which sounds like a very big job. It is a big job. <laughs> you got to make food that everyone likes. That's right. It's like cooking for five and a half million people a year. Yeah. And also, uh, I know that you've been on a couple of TV shows, so including Food Network's Restaurant Makeover and Recipe to Riches. So uh, you you know what it takes to make a lot of people happy, you know, like yep. not do anything too crazy that it's only going to appeal to 10% of people. So, yeah, I agree with you. Spices are great. You know, it's funny because I just saw this... Um, my a friend of mine uh, put up this photo on Instagram, and she said that uh, they had three giant coolers of food um, going up to the cottage. She has two little kids and her husband, and she said they were only there for one. She said duration of trip, one night. That's because wild. they were bringing up yeah. so – they had everything to bring up, yep. uh, which I think means that there's a potential for a lot of waste. Yeah, I think, you know – Planning is a really difficult thing, food planning. When you're especially going for a weekend, uh, even if you have a set amount of people coming, trying to figure out how much food you have to bring, it's pretty, it's a daunting task, you know, to, to know how much food to bring up with you. Uh, you know, all of the residual stuff you have to bring with you, never mind the heavy proteins, you know, your meats, your fishes, if you want to do those things, uh, your vegetables. If you're cooking fresh food, which you kind of want to do, are more healthy, especially mm-hmm. if you're over the cottage. You know, it's a really, it's quite a difficult thing to know the volume of product you bring. So everybody just brings tons, right? You always end up with too much. Tons, tons Rarely does someone go, I'm so hungry because there's not enough food. That's right. (laughs) So then how do you, I guess, how do you kind of calculate how much uh, you should be, you know, you should be preparing per person? Well, you know, again, that's a, that's a, a, quite a difficult thing to do without a bit of experience. Yeah. You know, um. But I always say when I do these kind of things is, is I, I mean, I suffer from the same thing. When, when me and my family go away, 
or my friends and I go away to do something overnight. It's always I'm always a guy that's bringing the food, right? Right. So, of course I mean, you are. I, I, yeah. would, I would nominate you. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, by <laughs> default, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I always I get worried about the same thing. I don't want to run out of food. But, that's you know, I, I have a realistic uh, thought, though, is I'll overload and I'll be like, okay, I'm cutting in half. Because uh, really, like, that, that actually works for me quite well. That's like when you pack for a trip. People tell you to like pack your suitcase and then take out like half of it because you won't wear it. That's right. Yeah, totally. So take totally. out half from the cooler because you're not going to eat it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, what about things uh, like keeping stuff in the freezer, pan- like other things that like dried stuff, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it sort of it sort of depends on what you want to set up. I mean, for me, going to the cottage or going away for a weekend requires a little bit of planning. Mm-hmm. Like it's not one of those things you want to do last minute. So if you can find some time in your week to really set up a little bit of a menu for yourself on the weekend, oh, that's you good. can really organize yourself a lot better yeah. you know, going up there. You can have something set in stone. You know what you're eating for, say, dinner on Friday when you get up there, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Saturday, breakfast and lunch on Sunday, and you know Sunday night you're coming home, right? So yeah. at least if you have some framework to what you're going to be needing, it's much easier than just trying to literally go shopping and pile stuff into your cart and then make it up when you get up there. I mean, it might be a, a professional chef can do that. But I think the general public, if you had, a, you know, take 10 or 15 minutes to write yourself a little menu for the weekend, you can shop according to that, you can pack according to that, and you can be strategic about what you want to put into your either coolers or your dry storage, whether you're bringing pastas up or your fresh fish up. And you're, this way you're also not buying a ton of stuff either because you're not sort of under pressure to load up the coolers. This before is you the Pay Chen Show. Wow, that was terrifying. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Just as a reminder of what people are listening to. Uh, well, I like that idea because I think a lot of people don't really plan. They just kind of think like, oh, maybe I'll pick up some chicken. Um, but maybe we want fish. Maybe That's we'll right. bring up some steak. Maybe we'll make burgers. So they, you kind of bring everything up with you. That's right. But if you make a menu and you know, okay, Friday when we get up there, we're going to throw this on the barbecue. That's right. That'll yeah. make life a little bit yeah. easier. There's nothing as creative about it, but you know what? It'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of waste. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that you also, as part of your uh, chef duties and chef skills, you develop recipes for the chef's chef's plate, Ooh. which is a gourmet ready-to-cook meal delivery service uh, in the GTA. Now, how do you go? How did you go about creating those recipes? Because you had to create recipes that it's not you or other chefs cooking, you're creating recipes for busy moms and dads, busy individuals um, to prepare and follow without stressing out. Well, you know, it's actually, believe it or not, going from a restaurant style of cooking to try and bring that home actually helps somebody that has a really busy schedule make food faster. You know, if people get very stressed out about cooking at home and it becomes a really long process. So with Chef's Plate, what we wanted to do and what I wanted to do food-wise was take recipes that we make in a restaurant in, say, our seven or eight minutes or 15 minutes mm-hmm. in that time frame, recreate them and have them sort of laid out in a, in a, in a cool little package so that busy moms and dads uh, can get this product in and make these dishes in 25 minutes or less, half an hour or less, and dinner is ready. So all the recipes are adventurous, like restaurant food. They're a little challenging creatively, but not difficult to put together, but everything is ready to go, and it'll give you a unique dining experience, you know? What I liked about the idea of this um, like gourmet ready-to-cook meal, so basically everything comes packaged and portioned, so it saves you from um, having to like measure out a lot of things, saves time that way. Um, but what I like about it too is I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, this is perfect for this is perfect for at home during the week, any time of you know um, day. But it's also great for the cottage. I thought because everything is there ready to rock and roll. I mean, you can do it on both ends. You can get it, taking it up to the cottage. You've mm-hmm. got really unique food. Again, stepping outside that box of burgers and dogs kind of thing and getting to some more fun food. Uh, so take it with you to the cottage, but even more so coming back from the cottage. Cause you know, you've been up there for say three or say three days. 
you know, there's nothing at home. You've got to come back. You've still got the family's got to eat. Uh, you roll back in late Sunday night. Uh, first thing on Monday morning, your box of, of chef's plate shows up and it's ready to go. So you know Monday night, as soon as you get home, there's no racing to the grocery store. You don't have to go grocery shopping. There's immediately food there and you can have dinner ready in half an hour, which is which is pretty cool. Now, tell me about sourcing locally. Is that a challenge when you're doing it in high volume? Uh, you know, it always is in, in looking for small farm stuff when you're doing small lot stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, our prime directives with, with, uh, with chef's plate is to ensure that we're always uh, supporting and, and using the Canadian supply chain. We only mandate Canadian products going into our boxes. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a one of our most important things for us as a company, being, especially being a Canadian company, um, is to really support our farmers and really support what we do amazingly in this country. So uh, when we're looking for product, we look primarily uh, for Canadian product first and foremost. And we apply that to all of our dishes. Uh, and so I would imagine this is one of the best times of year because this is when we have so much growing. You definitely don't have any creative problems at this time of year, that's for sure. You know, come February, mm, there's only so much it's you can a, do with root vegetables, right? Yeah, yeah, you're like, here's more potatoes and sweet potatoes. That's right, exactly, like, yeah. We, we kind of get uh, used to that. Um, what do you find, I guess, what sort of meals or recipes have done really well? Like, what do you find people really like cooking at home? Um, you know, what's really great with Chef's Plate is that we, we offer such a, a broad range of, of styles of food. What we found works really well are the, the stuff that's a little more geared toward healthy focused stuff because, you know, it's a multiple meal thing that we're doing. So, so having people eat multiple meals a week of this, we want to make sure that, you know, we're adding a, a certain degree of health to the dishes that we're doing. And a lot of vegetables, we source a lot of local fresh vegetables. So a lot of the dishes that do really well for us are vegetable-based dishes. You oh, know? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, which is really great. So uh, we try and keep the steps as simple as possible and the vegetables as fresh as possible. We don't like to mess around too much in the recipes with changing the textures of vegetables or the nutritiousness of a vegetable. Right. That's really important for us. All right, nice. Time-saving and then it lets you know what you're what you're eating as well compared to, let's say, takeout, for yep, example. Absolutely. So. And you know every ingredient because it's right in front of you. Yeah. Well, I would love to go to a cottage with you because I will still nominate <laughs> you as the person who's in charge of food. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. This is Chef uh, Jason Rosso. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, with the Chef's Plate, also with Milestones Canada. If you want to find out more info, their website is chefsplate.com. Coming up after the break, some of the world's brightest young students are in Toronto working on projects and research that will change the way you live. I'll talk to one of them next. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. <laughs> On In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, just a reminder, you can always catch podcasts of the show, paychen.com or uh, in iTunes. You can find the show there as well. Uh, some of the world's brightest and most promising young students visit our country to work on projects and research to improve the way we live, improve our health, basically make our lives better. Uh, 750 international students are conducting research at 45 Canadian universities this summer, and many of them are in Toronto area universities working on projects in the areas of science, business, engineering, medicine, the environment. Um, So I have with me the Associate Professor of Faculty of Environmental Studies at York University, Jose Echeverry, and welcome to the show. Thank and you. I've got uh, Shreyas Prakash. Yeah. Okay, good. You're giving me the approval there. A 20-year-old engineering student from India. So you are one of the students who's come uh, to the city to spend, is it about 12 weeks? Yeah, it has been like 12 weeks, yeah. Okay. So um, 
Jose, tell me about the program that brings all of these international students to Canada. Well, um, MyTax Global Inc. could be defined as one of the most unique programs of its kind in the world uh, because it brings the talent, the best talent from the planet right here to Canada. And how are we able to draw all of these top international students? Well, it's a, it's a very uh, selective process to try to come up with the very brightest minds uh, from a number of selected countries that are participants on this program. Um, and MyTax Global Links uh, selects these students and connects them with faculty uh, that supervise specific projects uh, that will enhance both the learning experience of the students coming to Canada and also provide opportunities to develop uh, practical research applications. So MyTax is, at, it's, uh, I just learned this, is, is a not-for-profit organization. So with the goal of developing like the next generation of, of innovators, and especially in the fields of like science and engineering and giving them business skills. So Shriyas, for example, this is your first time in yeah, Canada, this is right? Yeah, first time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, had you visited any other countries internationally before this? No. You're only 20 years old. No, this is the first time I'm coming out of India. So what did you think when you got here and you started working on your project? Well, first of all, uh, the people are really welcoming. I get to get I get to see a lot of different kinds of people and interact with them, especially through my tags. I've been like interacting with a lot of international students as well. So this has been a really good opportunity for me. And what is the project that you're working on? This one is quite interesting. So you're working on a research project with York University, which I think people would love to know about because gas is expensive. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just drive your car without the cost of ever having to pay for fuel again? And this relates to the, kind of the project that the two of you are working on. Yeah, exactly. So, so tell me what it is. So yeah, so we have been working on uh, this project called REM, which is the Renewable Energy Mobility Program. So what we're doing is we are installing a solar uh, charging station for electric vehicles. So this is the first in the York region as well. And it's a really good project to work on. I'm getting a really a, a lot of hands-on experience as well. So these charging stations uh, is the idea that they could be affordable and and easy to put up almost anywhere around the city. Jose? Yeah, so what we're trying to do is create using Ontario made technology this new opportunity for people to experience mobility without pollution. You see, oh, if okay. the fuel comes from renewable energy sources like solar energy, then the fuel is clean. Um, so what we're trying to do is create the infrastructure at the university so then we can put car sharing in place, electric vehicle car sharing. That's the ultimate uh, goal of this, is to try to make accessible electric mobility to people. Not everybody can afford a car, an electric car, but most people can afford a membership on a car sharing company. And that's what's motivating us. It's to, to be able to make renewable energy, mobility, and accessibility all one package for people. Now, what are the other projects that students work on? Because these are students from all over the world who are coming to Canada, and then the universities that uh, take part are U of T, York, and Ryerson. What other sorts of interesting projects are on the go right now? Well, they're involved in all kinds of projects, right? MyTax Global Links uh, originally had a focus on mathematics, but now, as you mentioned earlier, it's involved on all kinds of 
sustainability engineering initiatives. And I'm sure uh, Shriyas can tell you a few of the adventures because he's living with a lot of the students that came from oh. other parts of the world. Yeah, so Shriyas, why don't you tell me about, I guess you're meeting, you're probably <laughs> making a lot of really cool friends yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're meeting people from all of these different countries who are sharing this experience. Yeah, so we're all have. living together. So yeah, I'm, I've been able to meet a lot of people and go to a lot of places as well. Like, uh, the best experience so far has been Niagara Falls. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you wear one of those uh, yeah, yeah. blue, like, garbage bag yeah. uh, capes and go under? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so what other projects do you um, know that, do you know about in terms of the other students? That so they're about? doing a lot of research on cancer research, and uh, many of them are doing in cloud computing, my friends. So there has been a lot of different sectors where people are being re- doing research on. Now, did you choose the project you wanted to work on, or yeah. how does a student get matched up with a research project? So, yeah, so uh, the MyTags portal puts up a lot of projects in the list. So I get to choose the project and the professor. So oh, is that, in that right? way, I choose my priority list, and then uh, the professor has to match. Okay. So he has to approve my request, and in that way, we get a one to one connection, and then. So you, ha- you get to, there's a list of different projects and professors, yeah. and then you choose which one. Like yeah. you, you would like and then the professor has to um, then say okay I would also like to work with you yeah exactly this sounds like online dating that's how it works (laughs) (laughs) it's two ways the the way it works is also from the professor's perspective you you put your project up uh, Mm -hmm. as a suggestion and then a number of students apply to it right and and you have the privilege of actually selecting from a very talented pool of applicants who is the best person uh, based on their profile to actually come to the country. So from that perspective, it's pretty interesting, right? Canada is actually becoming a a very, very important destination for top talent in the world, right? And I think that's what makes this program very special. Uh, my, My main wish is that it expands from the countries that are at the moment involved. Um, it does only involve a few countries at the at this point. Uh, and uh, uh, Shriyas comes from India. There's other people f- coming from China, from Brazil. But uh, this, this is a showcase for Canadian talent as well. Uh, you have to remember every student that comes into our country then becomes an, our, an ambassador in a way of our country. Um, and I'm very pleased to hear that Shriyas is having such a good experience. <laughs> because he'll speak highly of our country for the rest of his life. So if the project is working as well as it seems, uh, we're actually making an impact uh, in the entire planet, or at least in the countries that are involved uh, with these students. You make a good point because uh, I know that the students um, that are here, they're you're bringing them in, you know, you're, you're hosting them. And some might ask, well, why are you bringing in international students? Well, in fact, they really can benefit the country should they choose to stay. And, and even if they don't choose to stay, if they have a good Canadian experience for the rest of their life, they'll know that Canada is a country that it's worthwhile uh, doing business with, doing research with, or simply being a friend of. Um, and in the 21st century, the biggest currency It's actually international collaboration. Uh, So this is why this program is so avant-garde. We have a situation where people are coming to our country, the best of the best, people that are already leaders. I mean, to to be part of the program, you have to be a leader. Otherwise, you don't get selected. And these leaders of the future are coming to our country early in their careers. Who knows where this is going to go? But 
I think the secret for Canada is to internationalize itself. It is the uh, strength of our country. It's its people uh, and the diversity of our people and that we live in a peaceful society. That is, I think, something we can offer the entire world. And so the, the program, so uh, MITAX? MITAX. MITAX. MITAX Global Inc. They, uh, bring, they have been able to... Uh, bring in more students each year, which is a great thing to work on these projects. And like you said, these are the best of the best, the brightest and the best. Um, so Shriyas, I'm sure that makes you feel very good. Uh, <laughs> so Shriyas, this project that you're working on with this renewable energy source, yeah. you know, hopefully, I don't know how far down the road do you hope that um, we can re we can have these uh, electric cars relying on solar energy? How practical is it that we could we could have this? Well, um, I can answer it this way. Uh, I don't want to mention the name of a company that makes electric cars, uh, but uh, a lot of people know the name of this company. Uh, it starts with a T and ends with an A. <laughs> um, and this company has become one of the most important companies, and they only make and sell electric vehicles. So I think uh, electric mobility is something that it's coming. Uh, it's like the cell phones, you know. Mm -hmm. You can't really... Uh, in the past, people used to wonder, oh, do cell phones make sense? Well, who wonders that? Nobody now. Yeah. Um, and electric vehicles, it's the same story. Uh, electric buses, electric trains, and electric motorcycles, and electric bicycles, and electric cars are the future. Mm -hmm. But it depends. The fuel has to be clean. If the, clean, if the fuel does not come from a clean source, uh, if it comes from fossil fuels or nuclear power, then simply... We're moving the problem from the exhaust pipe to the power plant. So the key thing here is to use renewable energy so we, ha we can have clean transportation. Right. Once we have clean transportation and we make it accessible, uh, then we got ourselves a winning proposition. Excellent. Well, hopefully in the very near future. Uh, Shriyas, very quickly, what do you enjoy about being in Toronto? Well, yeah, I like the city life. I mean... Uh, I uh, means I can go to any random person and ask him about uh, his experience and he just responds immediately. That's that's kind of different. Uh, I mean, I don't experience this in India. So it's <laughs> so that's one thing. And yeah, I like the diversity. That's yeah. the main thing. And the, the transit as well. Like, oh, I you like in, the transit. That's yeah. good. Our mayor will like to hear that. I, I live in downtown, <laughs> so I, I could go to any place. Uh, and I, I like the commute. It's very easy to commute. Yeah, yeah it's uh, if you live downtown and you're downtown for the most part, then it's quite easy. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. Um, and my guests tonight were uh, Professor Jose Echeverry, so from the uh, Faculty of Environmental Studies at York University, and Shriyas Prakash, a 20-year-old engineering student from India. I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in Toronto Thanks and that you do come back. We're taking a quick break here on The Page End Show. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, paychen.com. I'm waiting for Vinny White. He's going to pop in whenever we chat. Uh, next week, I will be doing the show from Montreal. So I hope you tune in. And uh, my best friend of 20 years will be on the show with me. She's actually a radio DJ um, in Montreal right now, but she did work in Toronto for a couple of years. So some of you... If you were listening to, you know, Virgin Radio back when it was Mix 99.9, then you might know Nat Lozon. Um, but she is an incredibly talented and entertaining 
broadcaster and uh, and she'll be joining me on the show next week. And also while I'm in Montreal, I'm pretty excited about this. It's just for laughs and I've never been to Montreal uh, when this was going on. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm one of those people who's not super organized when it comes to I'm like this every year. I, I'm like this with the film festival. I'm like this with hot dogs. I'm obviously like this with the Pan Am Games. When there's so much choice, um, I just get very confused. And I am not one of those people who can narrow down choices and say, oh, on this night, I want to see this or do that. Elliot, were you about to say something? Yes, Pay, you don't have to choose anything. You just have to go see Dave Chappelle. Oh, he will be in Montreal for just for laughs. I think doing three or four shows. I I have a small window where I can see something Friday night and Saturday night because Sunday night I'll be doing the show. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> but th- I think I feel like those are the key nights. Like Friday, Saturday night yeah. would be big performance nights. I think, which is weird. Um, I think Nat because Nat works for a radio station who probably has some sort of sponsorship involvement or whatever. It's just for laughs. I think she had access to some tickets for some shows, and I think one of them was Rob Schneider. Oh yeah. I don't know that we're going to see that because it's a little bit. It's a little late for her. She does have to work the next uh, next day. But um, I did put in. She's like, "Is there anything you want to see?" And there is a show with Howie Mandel, and I said that might be kind of fun to oh. see. But we'll, we yeah. we don't know yet um, because we're obviously a little last minute with right. everything. But I lean more Dave Chappelle than than Howie Mandel myself. I don't think we have the option of seeing Dave Chappelle. That's true. It might already be sold out. That's what I mean. There's also uh, Pat Oswalt, uh, Trevor oh. Noah, the guy taking over for the Daily Show. I've yes. already seen the lineup. Oh, okay. So, so you're I know all this stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you know what we end up seeing. I'm sure they're. They're all very good. And then there's a lot of, like, Canadian performers who may not be, like, big yeah. names just yet. But I always, like, kind of I, – I, I often enjoy going to see a comedy show where I don't really know who's performing because I'm not necessarily in the loop and then being pleasantly surprised. There's going to be some of that. I'm going to be very pleasantly surprised, just like I am right now, because Vinny White is here. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, do you want to talk about what's coming up on your show? Um. Yeah, I'll just do it quickly. That just... microphone is weird. I don't know what it feels – Oh, it's so it annoying. won't stay up. It doesn't. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't often a problem. Oh, I don't know. I've broken it now. You've Terrible radio. It. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll speak up at it. All right. Sounds good. I'm actually underneath the mic speaking up. Um, we're going to talk about Veer Rail. I got stuck. <gasps> I'm taking the train this week. Good luck. <sighs> when did it, you get stuck? Well, actually, it, it's all right now, according to their website. I got stuck yesterday mm, because yeah. there was a derailment. Um, how um, long were you stuck? Uh, I was actually one of the lucky ones. So I was I didn't get stuck in the sense I knew it would take ages. Got off and some dude was offering me a lift. So I paid him some money and got in his car. Where were you stuck? At, like, at what point? I was coming from Ottawa to Toronto and I got off at Kingston because that's where as far as I could go. Not too bad. And what was amazing to me was um, everyone on the train just sat there and the announcement came and said there's a derailment up ahead. It could be one to two hours. And I thought, well, there's no way it's going to be one to two hours if it's a derailment. So I just made the judgment to get off. I was really glad I did. That train didn't go till this morning. You've got to be kidding me. No. Then you know what they do is they usually take everyone off and put them onto a bus. They did, but they couldn't get any buses because of the Pan Am Games. I was <gasps> so lucky. You're kidding. So I wonder, I, hey, if you oh, know what... Oh, they were delayed 10, 12 hours, no. those people. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Text in 71010 if you or someone you know... Two was... and a half thousand people were, so yeah. Texting if you were one of them. I didn't know it was that. I was once on uh, the train to Montreal because I used to go to Montreal 
couple times of year to visit my friend and it always happened. There's always a delay. It just, you, you know that it might happen. I think something fell on the tracks and uh, we waited about an hour and a half and they finally moved us onto a bus. But just that whole process took, it took a few extra hours, it, but it didn't take, it wasn't a 10 hour delay. That's, that's excessive. I'm I'd like, be very upset. And even after that, it sounds like your information was very innocuous because they said that there was something had fallen on. They don't the ever track. give you the full details. Why not? That's what really annoys me. I don't understand that. They don't do that on airplanes either when you're sitting on the tarmac. When you're sitting on the tarmac and it's like, oh, there's a there's a slight something delay. We should be taking off soon. Soon to me means in the next half hour. And then three hours later, you're still sitting on the tarmac. And they're not... I remember once we're like, we have an engine problem and we're waiting for the technicians to come. And I'm thinking, I don't feel very safe on this plane that has an engine problem. But yet at the same time, then it, um, I remember sitting on the, oh, four hours once. And then what happened was by the time we were able perhaps to take off, it had um, pushed the shift too late for the flight crew. So then the flight was canceled. Nice. So, because they couldn't work yeah, those extra hours. Yeah, they can only hours. do so many hours. That ha yeah. yeah, which happens, I think, uh, quite often. Which Especially makes sense, because you don't want a tired pilot. No, and well, absolutely, you don't. Um, but it's it's frustrating, right? Because you, yeah. just, you just sit there and you wait and you think like, in hey, we're going to take off in about 20 minutes. No, but, we're not. No, okay, uh, maybe, and again, text in on this if you can help out, because like there you said, you know, they don't make announcements on the plane. Well, they did tell you it was an engine problem. They didn't tell you that it was the third sprocket from the left. But via, quite often I've sat on their trains for ages and not known why I'm stopped. And even the guy that comes on the mic yeah. says, uh, sorry, we're stopped. Should get moving soonish. What does that mean? It's not helpful. I'd rather they be honest. I'd rather they say, um, we will be here at least two hours. Yes. Because in my mind, I can either just go, okay, I'm going to be stuck here for two hours, or I can go, where am I right now? Is there a car rental? Yes. Like, I can start yes. making a plan. Don't Manage tell me expectations. It's yes. And so, and this is my point. Yesterday, they said one to two hours. And I thought, oh, that's weird. I'll just keep listening because of a derailment of a freight train up ahead. I, I do not work in locomotion, but I can tell you it's going <laughs> to take more than an hour to shift a derailed train. And by the way, why are all the trains always derailing? They're always do well. It ha this is the problem with the train, and I have the same problem with streetcars because it's just they have one track. They can't go around things. If anything obstructs that track, you're screwed, and everyone behind you. Yeah. Um, someone texted James texted in and says, "Go trains don't inform people either." It's really frustrating. They shouldn't be called go trains. They should they be, be don't at go. best. They should be yeah or stop and go. Stop and go. Or can be go. But do you know? I think this is true that they do. If you end up delayed more than, it might be something like ninety minutes or two hours, you get fifty percent off your next trip. But sometimes you're so frustrated you don't want to go on another trip. I get a full refund for my trip, which will cover the sixty bucks that I paid the guy to give me a lift in his minivan. How did you find the guy in the minivan? Oh, I got so lucky, Pay. I was out. I got off the train. I was the first one off because I'm quite sensible. Annoyed. I know that's <laughs> shocking to you, but I knew it would take ages. And I thought, there's no way I'm sitting here. So I'm going to get some sort of transport. Got my phone out in the um, station, Kingston Station. And I looked up Greyhound. And there was a bus at eight, which was really bad. It was like five hours later. And it was $268. Now, I'm pretty confident you could probably get a cab. Can you for that price? I think so. You could get an Uber, an Uber. You could definitely get an Uber, <laughs> Uber, yeah. 
Um, so I got my phone out. I was like, oh, no, let's investigate the next thing. And then this guy comes and he goes, hey, I'm going to Union Station. Anyone want to ride? 60 bucks. I nearly <gasps> hugged him to death. What a smart man. Yeah. He probably, do you think that he was like at home real and saw the news or it's really funny you something say that. that said, hey, train derailment. Yeah. And he's thinking, I live next to the train station. I'm going to go by. I'm going to fill up my van with five people at 60 bucks a pop. Yeah. Boom. It was, I would. It was kind of like that. He was dropping his wife off at the train station to go in the other direction. Oh. And then he happened to be going to try by car. So it worked out perfectly for him. And he had a minivan. But what really annoyed me, we're all getting in. And this woman from Via Rail comes out and says, Hiya, you can't do this. This is illegal. This is an illegal operation. You're not allowed to park here and take these people. Your train doesn't work. <laughs> so the goalposts have moved now. So I don't care that this is illegal. So I gave, him, I gave him 60 bucks right in front of her face. I'm like, if you can get that train working, yeah. I'll give you the 60 bucks. How many people did he take? Did he fill it? Yeah, totally. How, like, was that five people? Six. Six? Whoa, good for him. Whoa, good for him. $360 cash. Smart guy. Yeah, nice fellow as well. Good driver. Good driver, Liked that's him. good. And actually, I'm not available at the moment, but got chatted up by a blonde chick in the back. Or did I chat her up? I you mean, probably <laughs> chatted her up and you <laughs> forgot the order of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I, so I beneficial not having her here. I believe you've just changed the story yeah. in your head. Yeah. Uh, well, fingers crossed that my train gets there on time. I, I actually don't mind taking the train because it's comfortable. It's roomy. There's Wi-Fi. Where are you going? I'm going to Montreal. Oh, that's all right. So you yeah, will I miss think. me next weekend. Oh, am I covering you next week? No, I'm doing the show from Montreal next week. Oh, you are so annoying. I'm going to Africa. I eat food for free in all the restaurants. I'm <laughs> going to Montreal. Food for free. <laughs> Do you know what I hate in Africa? I draw a lot of food that you would not really enjoy. Um, uh, did you get the the, the poos? So I'm going. Did you get diarrhea? No, but I had, uh, no, I didn't. I had to think about that for a second. No. But I had a lot of medication to take with me. Uh, the Vinnie White Show is coming up next. Paychan.com for the podcast. And I hope you tune in next weekend when I do the show from Montreal and uh, taking a little Just for Laughs action. Have a great night, everyone.